Hello, my powerhouse community. Welcome to another episode of Becoming Powerhouse. Nicole Overcamp here, your host. And for today's episode, we have an interview with Shannon Traphagen, who is a MSW, a published author, motivational grief and loss speaker, brain cancer patient advocate, that was a mouthful, and host of the Game on Glio podcast. She is truly a woman who has been able to turn her pain into her purpose. And Game on Glio podcast is a show centered around the stories of brain cancer patients, caregivers, doctors, researchers, therapists, and general grief and loss journeys. With a background in magazine publishing, social work, and modern media, Shannon launched her own business, Right Life Media, and that's W-R-I-T-E, Life Media, and marketing when her podcast took off. She now helps create compelling stories for others in sponsorship opportunities. She's working through her own grief as well with her journey after losing a 45-year-old husband to glioblastoma two years ago. Shannon is the founder of Trap Hagen's Trail Ride for Brain Cancer, a cycling fundraiser that has raised over $30,000 to date for brain cancer clinical trials and is a 2023 award recipient for the Women Business Center Ignite Awards. So she is an incredible soul. Tune in to my conversation with her. Welcome to Becoming Powerhouse, where we discuss the tough lessons I've learned while taking my two companies from negative revenue to over seven figures. We'll talk about the raw and vulnerable truths about being boss, as well as tips and strategies you can implement immediately for better business results. I'm your host, Nicole Overcamp, the founder and CEO of Wilcox Financial Group and Powerhouse Coaching. You can see links and other resources in our notes. Don't forget to head over to Powerhouse money.com to grab your free power her bundle for business and subscribe to our newsletter. Now let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, my powerhouses and welcome Shannon to becoming powerhouse. Hello. It's nice to be here. I am so thrilled that you were open to having a conversation with me and taking time out of your day. You know, Shannon, one of the things that I absolutely love and adore about you is your incredible vulnerability. And the, I think from the second I met you, you know, it was, here it is, here's who I am. And um, I was immediately drawn to your personality and, and it's, that is rare. It's a rare gem. Not everybody is, is as vulnerable as you are, but I think, um, I know rather that's part of what makes you so special and unique and so impactful in the work that you're doing. And especially with the podcast, because there's just so many people, so many women, especially, uh, who need you, who need to hear the stories and, and you're an incredible storyteller. So I just wanted to let you know that. And, 
<laughs> and so thank you. Uh, and, and when you're vulnerable, it allows us to be vulnerable, right? And, and I think it's that permission slip to say, hey, let's, this is life, like, let's talk about it. And, uh, you know, and, and so you are a very young widow. Uh, you've dealt with grief that we all pray to not have to deal with um, anytime soon, right? And, and I know personally that I I could not imagine um, imagine going through that and, and coping and dealing with it and in being in a place where I I was told I might be I I um, it's just in an, an incredible um, an incredible experience and I don't mean that in um, it, it from from all of the fields right and all of the things that you that you go through and that you do and so. And you've taken what has has been your experience and your tragedy and turned it into a way um, to raise awareness and help others and and storytell. And so I would I would love to hear. And we're going to talk about your incredible business and company as well. <laughs> but I would love to hear Shannon, you know, about where did your inspiration come from in, in starting Glio and um, and where, where it started, where it's at, like, tell us the journey. Wow. So there's, there's a lot to unpack. So I'll try yeah. to do it in a concise, um, short period. Interestingly, um, being vulnerable is something I think I've always been. It's something that's always been innately in me because I knew that I could connect to people by, offering up a true sense of who I am. And if I can show my vulnerability and my weaknesses, then it allows somebody else's defenses to come down. And it allows us to have better shared experiences, which I think are really necessary in, in life, in this world. I think we have a tendency to put our defenses up and put our guard up and show people what we think they want to see. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, we're not our, our authentic selves. And that is something that we really all should be striving for. So even in any of the writing that I used to do before I lost my husband, I was fairly vulnerable. And I, it, it's interesting because I noticed that most of the articles I would have published were the ones where I was the most raw. Yeah. And anytime I was more educational or I was more... um I, if I was a bit more theoretical, I had a tendency to not gain as much readership or mm -hmm. as many uh, people paying attention to it. And so that's always kind of something I carried through with me. And when I started doing the work that I have, ironically, I was, I had an, a, a social media account that I'd named Right Life and it's W-R-I-T-E. But it was a play on words. And I was just casually, loosely using that for some media and some marketing. I used to do a food TV show. And so I, I used it through that because I used to do a lot of writing about healthy eating and, and how in food impacts us. And so that kind of morphed into this idea of living the right life. And, and I write about it. So I kind of melded those two things together to create right life media marketing uh, with an emphasis on the media and the storytelling and finding new ways to storytell and impact our community 
through modern media, through modern creative ways of storytelling. After my husband got sick, now granted, I think people in general, everybody is going to experience some type of grief in some way, shape or form. Everybody on this planet, there is not one person that will not be touched in some way by loss. The severity of that loss is going to depend. Some people, it's they've lost their favorite pet. For some people, maybe they've lost a child. Maybe for some, they've experienced the loss of a grandparent passing away or a friend. Everybody experiences some form of grace, even if it's just graduating high school and those friendships have kind of shifted. And now you've lost some of your best friends from high school because everybody's growing and changing. With Mike and I, my late husband, we experienced some severe losses before he got diagnosed. We went through a few different miscarriages, um, which impacted us, but we really held on to the faith and the belief that we'll be parents somehow. We just don't know how exactly that'll look. And so we really held on to that. And because we had each other, that was the kind of relationship we had. We had this really amazing, strong friendship. We had a strong love between us. We really respected each other as individuals and we were together for nearly 20 years. And so for anybody who says, you know, how do you make love really work? How do you make relationships work? Well, the best advice I can give is advice my mom gave me when Mike and I got engaged. And that was make sure that you like the person as an individual outside of the relationship they have with you. If you can respect it's, it's yeah. powerful advice. And I think that, you know, we so quickly want to go to, we're going to get divorced. We're going to get separated. It's not working. It comes down to communication and it comes down to how you view the other person. And when you yeah. can view them as somebody that you respect as an individual outside of the relationship, it really changes the dynamic. And so we had that with each other and then he got sick and everything, I mean, life just shifts in general. I, everything kind of got put on hold. I had just published my first fiction novel and was moving into the second one already. Everything just got put aside. Um, we had an adoption that we lost because of his diagnosis, which gutted us. That affected mm-hmm. us greatly sure. because we were six weeks away from bringing her home. And then 14 months later, he died. And he was only 45 at the time of his death. About a year after his, his death, I lost our, our dog that we had from eight weeks old. <laughs> so um, kind of an anchor and a reminder of the relationship we had. He, he passed away. And throughout the course of going through this grief as a young widow, I knew that the only way I would be able to survive was being able to find a way to find purpose, finding meaning in his death. Instead of asking why this happened, I wanted to just turn around and say, okay, what can I do to help others who are going through this so that they don't feel like they're alone in what they're feeling? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of how Game on Glio podcast was born. I had never, I had done radio. I had a history in radio and had done radio hosting, but I had never... I hadn't even listened to a podcast when I started. 
So I kind of dove into the research and found a producer that I used to work with who became a great partner and we housed it. I decided to create the LLC and we were going to house it under Right Life Media Marketing. And at the same time that I started the podcast, I also launched our very first fundraiser for brain cancer locally Mm -hmm. here in the community. And so I was doing all of this at the same time. And I was thinking to myself, I'm nuts. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. I, I, my master's degree is not, in, is not in business. So I'm kind of feeling my way through this. But it just took off. We were able to create mm-hmm. some really amazing partnerships with some foundations and later on with other businesses in the community. And it just spiraled. And the next thing we knew, we, my producer and I sat down and said, okay, you know, this is something. We, we've tapped into something and we've created this bridge and now we're headed into our third season of the show and we've got some amazing sponsors with Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York and with Mimivax LLC and Gamma Tile Therapy uh, through GG Medical which is a national company wow. but they have been an amazing amazing sponsor for the last two seasons and they just back us a hundred percent as we do with them so yeah. it's We've created a great community because of that, which has been really surprising to me, mm-hmm. but I do think that it's also helped me continue to evolve and move forward. Yeah. And, and what a beautiful story and way to channel that pain into purpose. And, and why are you surprised? <laughs> <laughs> right like you're doing this incredible incredible thing and in, in providing information and partnering with these companies because they also need you in the work that you're doing and so um no surprise my friend at all <laughs> well i'm surprised for a minute um you know those are those are huge companies but but you are a huge purpose your huge purpose. And so I think that's important to remember and keep in mind. And I think sometimes as women, we have this tendency to um, downsize ourselves without meaning it. Mm -hmm. Um, And in truly what you've been able to accomplish in heading into this third season is, is, it's, it's amazing, right? It's, it's just this incredible feat. And so, um, so there just, (laughs) Sitting that for a minute. There it is. Um, there it is. You know, and, and it really, it really is so cool. And and you've navigated and in, in building this while also refinding your cadence. I mean, you you put everything on pause. Um, you know, and, and for a lack of better terms, everything it went to hell in a handbasket while if, with your business, and you know, because you you had a priority, right? And yeah. and I I most definitely can can relate to that in terms of having to say nothing else matters but my husband, right? That is the priority, and work gets scheduled around that friends get scheduled around that. If there's time for that, um, yeah. you get scheduled around that, meaning like the things that you have to do for yourself. <laughs> uh, yeah. right. It's, it's, it's the, the focus is that. And so it was siloed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's like, you have this tunnel vision of like, okay, my husband, my husband, my husband, and, and, and I, I think that you were probably like me in a sense that it was like this, 
this is it, right? And I'm going to do everything in my purpose to make sure that he's okay, right? Yeah. Um, and, and when you do that, though, um, and what happens in the background is is things tend to snowball and stack up and, and then coming out of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you now had a, a company that you owned and, mm-hmm. and in doing that and navigating it, because it's grown quite a lot over the last few years too. Um, you know, talk to me about navigating that growth and, and you did a lot of this and, and even game on Gleal, right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as you've built that without a big team. And so I'd love for yeah. you to talk to that Shannon, because I think you've also accomplished a lot of what I've heard other women say can't be done, uh, first of all. Um, but second to that, we sometimes, not you and I, but but we as humans, right? Yeah. Um, make the excuse of I can't do that until then, right? We until then ourselves out of doing uncomfortable things or stretching the rubber band or making growth and strides in our business because we think. We have to hit a certain point or hire a person to accomplish something. And that was not an excuse you used. So, um, so I'd love to hear what, what you've done and and how you've gotten through that. So, yeah, you know, it's interesting. That tendency, that thinking, not to say that that wasn't in the back of my mind because it was, and there were many times where I wanted to tell myself this can't be done. Um, I can't do this right now. I have to wait till I hit this level. I have to see these numbers in social media. I have to do this. I have to make sure I'm bringing this amount of money in first. You can say that as much as you want. And I did that in the back of my head. And I did, it really did just start out as a one-man band. I I actually had had another job um, when Mike was sick for several years. I was an associate publisher at a magazine. And I, that job was kind of taken out from underneath of me very unexpectedly after Mike died. And that was really, I had already started the podcast and started doing some of the more social media and media marketing driven work on the side. And then all of a sudden I found myself saying, okay, I can either find another job Mm -hmm. and just try to be comfortable and work in an office setting and just do the nine to five. Or I can take this and I can run with it and see where it goes. And it was just this feeling in my gut that said, you've got what it takes. You can't be afraid of this. And I was terrified. I was terrified. (laughs) But after, you know, it's it's kind of this come to Jesus moment where Mm -hmm. I had already said, well, I've already lost everything. My worst fears have already kind of come to fruition. So what have I got to lose by trying this? Yeah. Yeah. And that is extremely empowering. And so when I started out, it really was just me and my producer. Thank God for my producer, Kevin, who I absolutely, (laughs) I bow to him. I love him. He is amazing. We, he's very creative in his thinking and he came on board right away and just said, I love this this idea. I, I want to be part of this mm-hmm. initiative, this movement. Yeah. And so together we really started to tackle what we wanted to accomplish. And as I was doing that, I was building right life media marketing. And I had some amazing women through the women's business center at Canisius 
that really helped me dive into how do I want to formulate this and what do I want the LLC to look like? And I knew that I wanted to take on some projects here and there, but I wanted to be able to pick and choose what I felt would be a right fit and how I could help these other businesses the best. And in my mind, it's what is your personal story? And then let's elevate that. If you want to wow clients, let's tell your personal, what is your story behind why you do the work that you do? Okay, now let's find a way to share that. Yes. And, and that's what, and it's, it's uncomfortable to some, there were some businesses mm-hmm. and clients that I've worked with where we signed a contract, we started out and they didn't like the way I was doing things. They said, you know, this is yep. too personal. It's very, we're very business driven and this is what mm-hmm. we do. And my, my message to them is the more personal you can be in the drive behind what you do even in your writing, in your words, in the way that you say things, that's going to draw people in. And Mm -hmm. so that started to develop a little bit more and a little bit more. And the podcast started to develop. And we've actually gotten to a point where we're doing a bit more documentary style stuff. So we've got our audio podcast and the stories that we share. And then outside of that, we're doing some mini documentary kind of Netflix style pieces that allow us to really showcase people's journeys and grief Mm -hmm. and loss. And there's some ideas. We have some ideas on things we'd like to do down the road that I'm not going to share quite yet, but um, I am hoping to support young widows a bit more going forward Mm -hmm. in, in their journeys. And we've definitely are part of the brain cancer community, Mm -hmm. but I just didn't let, I, you know, what I did was I surrounded myself with women and other people in business that had similar missions of wanting to bring hope and inspire and to help people where they could while also trying to make a living and finding that balance. And then I surrounded myself with that energy. And I think I, you, oh, sorry, no, I, think, I was gonna say, I think you just defined a key guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did I? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I um, but yes, yes. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I, I think it's important to realize and recognize, especially for everybody listening, that you can live a purposeful life and do what you're passionate about, what lights you up, what pulls you out of bed and still make money at it. And that's okay. Yep. And you don't, it's not, it's not, you're not being greedy, right? You're just trying yeah. to, you know, I mean, especially for me, I keep telling, you know, there are a lot of times that people say, well, we want you to do this for free. We want you to volunteer your time because this is where a nonprofit or we're this or we're that. And we can't. And I got to the point where I was, I do some of that to the best of my ability. I will always volunteer and help out where I can. But I also knew that, okay, if I'm doing too much of this, then I'm overloading in this area and I can't support myself. Right. And it's okay to say, no, you know, I would love to give you as, as much of my energy as I can, but I also need to support myself. And whether right. you have a spouse or you're doing this on your own, you need to be able to pay bills. You, you need to be able to put food on the table and, and eat healthy and take care of yourself. And you can't do that if you're giving away your mm-hmm. skills all the time. And that doesn't make you selfish. It doesn't make you petty. It just makes you valuable valuable and valuable yes like you know and even if you have a spouse like who cares like what 
what you're doing is worthy and valuable and you should be paid for it. And that doesn't make you greedy to your exact point, Shannon. And I think sometimes we have conflict there and, and we, most of us, and especially all the women on, on the podcast and, and in my circle, cause we are more alike than we are different. We want to make an impact in our initial gut reaction is always give, right? Give back, give back, give back, um, because that's what fuels us, right? Um, but we can, you can give back and make an impact and absolutely do your charitable work, but, but you can also give back and make an impact while making an income. Right. Yep. Um, and, and especially even for us in, in our, our companies, like a portion of our profits is always donated back to other nonprofit organizations that empower women. And um, and so I absolutely don't feel guilty about charging. And I know you don't either. And, and honestly, the more we make as an organization, the more we can give back. And, and statistically, for those women who feel icky about charging more or doing that, <laughs> um, you know, statistically, and, and I just researched this again the other day because I'm doing a, a, a TED Talk on it soon, is that women give more than men, right? Yes. Um, we give more, we donate more. And so if you make more, sister, that just means, you know, you can, you can help people and, and we have to always help ourselves first. And I understand that sounds selfish, but really it's the most selfless thing that, that you can do. And, um, you know, there's one other thing, Shannon, that I want to, to go back on and talk about too, that you mentioned that, that I think is very important for um, some entrepreneurs to hear because I've, I've also talked about it and I, um, I used to never do it and it is hard. And, and what you had said was the vulnerable piece and talking about why you do what you do and the impact of storytelling uh, in business. And sometimes we equate business to that hard line where we're, we're almost trained to talk about what we do all the time, right? Um, what we do, what we're selling in, in those, those quote unquote products or services and value, but we are all in some capacity selling to humans, right? We are human and we relate and often we buy on, on that relatability or the emotion in, in, um, when you're telling a story and saying why you do what you do and being vulnerable and Shannon, I'm sure this is a good part of your success is that people buy in to you as a human. And now you're building a brand that is so much deeper than a product and service. And so for those of you who have been resisting opening up for being vulnerable, because it's terrifying, let's be honest. And Shannon, I'm sure for you, it was extraordinarily terrifying to just say, well, here goes nothing, right? Like it's all yeah. out there. And, um, and you've had some practice, of course, in your writing, yeah. but Serious shit sometimes because what we do when we do that is we also open up the door for all of that unsolicited feedback and opinion. Yes. So I'm yep. sure you've had your fair share of that as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's there's so, always one, right? There, yeah. There, you're gonna being vulnerable also means opening yourself up to criticism yeah. and. Yep. I, by no means, I mean, I'm still learning as I go. I'm still growing as a business. I'm still feeling my way through and I'm still, I, I have failures. I have weeks that are good and weeks where I'm like, ah, I didn't get that. Or I, I, you know, I stress about money or I stress about what's going on. And that's just a part of this, but right. why can't your elevator pitch be your personal brand, your personal, why can't you pull that into, it doesn't have to be your boilerplate. 
You don't have to make that your, your elevator pitch and your story about the business all the time. You can pull in elements of who you are as Mm -hmm. a person. And yes, it is scary. And it does open the door, especially, you know, with the work that I do, I'm, I'm on social media. I'm, you know, out there in public quite a bit. I do a lot of public speaking. I'm on camera a lot. I get a lot of comments and some Mm -hmm. are unsolicited. Some are just creepy guys. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it's what are you doing later? (laughs) Unwarranted. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, not very welcome. And you do, you kind of put yourself in this space of vulnerability, but I really do think, I think our, our government can learn from this. I think our politicians can learn from this. I think that people in the ministry can learn from this. I just, as a community, the more vulnerable we can be to say, you Mm -hmm. know what, this is where I've been. And then you connect and it's right. not just about telling your story and then not giving somebody else a chance to connect to you. It's sharing who you are and then shutting up and listening. And I that think part. that's <laughs> very difficult to do. That is very, yeah. we can sit there and say, you know what, here mm-hmm. is, here's where I come from. And this is why I'm, I'm where I am right now. And then t- taking a beat and saying, tell me about you. Yeah. You know, why are you where you are right now? And then actually listening. Mm -hmm. And listening and hearing are two very different things. There is a dynamic shift between just hearing what somebody says and you're kind of doing your own thing on the side and not really paying attention to actively sitting there and staring somebody in the face. Or Mm -hmm. when I'm doing a call with somebody and this, I tell people this all the time because it drives me bonkers. The TV goes off. I'm sitting. I don't have a paper in front of me. I'm not on my computer. I am talking to the person that I am connected to on the phone. I am not doing multitasking and doing a million other things because that's active listening and mm-hmm. you're participating in the conversation with that person. And I think that's those two elements combined are what make you successful in the work that you do. Yeah, I think you're so right. And, and when we listen actively, we learn. We learn a lot. We learn a lot about who we are trying to connect with or grow with or collaborate with or help for that matter, you know? And um, I think that in, in, I'm not sure Shannon, if if you feel this way or you've experienced it, but to some degree, I feel as though active listening, even conversation to some, to some degree is, um, is a, is almost a craft now. And people are forgetting how, because and especially I've seen this with some of the younger generations, they're so distracted all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like there, there is no monotask anymore. You know, we, we should go back to that book. Uh, you know, it, it, I don't yeah. know if you've read um, the 12 monotasks by yeah. uh, yes. <laughs> so, so good because like, we are not actually multitaskers. We actually suck at multitasking, right. As, as human beings, but we all say we're great at it and do it all the time. But, um, but, but to be distracted in conversation is such a disservice for both of you. And yeah. And I think that sometimes we don't even recognize we're doing it in the moment when someone's yeah. talking to us and we're on our phone or checking our email or, or we're feeling so pulled all the time too. I think sometimes we feel this pressure that we have well, to do. Think all about the it. I mean, the time. you just kind of nailed yeah. it on the head. I mean, think about, so as a society, everything that we've, when we were growing, at least when I was growing up, <laughs> I'm sure for you too, 
you know, cell phones were not huge yet. It was pagers. Right. So social media, you didn't have Twitter and Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram. And, you know, you had maybe one or two TVs in the house. You had a right. landline phone. You, you didn't <laughs> grow up with this immersion of needing to do all of these things all of yeah. the time. And what Instagram, what's, and I love social media. It's a part of my business. It's a part of my work. Mm -hmm. It's, I need it. And I, and I understand sure. that, but I also balance it because what social media has done for the younger generations is truly taken away the skill set of learning how to be present yes. in conversation and yeah. in the work that you do. Everything is about 30 second snaps, 30 second clicks. Yep you know, that, that attention span of just grabbing you within 20 to 30 seconds. And then that rewires your brain. It's reteaching you to not be able to have a longer attention span. So, I mean, I get to a point at night, there are occasionally I, you know, I'm not the greatest at it, but <laughs> it's the point Practice. where I will, I will turn my phone over and mm -hmm. not put something up on Instagram yes. and not check to see what, if I gained any new followers or if, I'm not building a new store. I will put it down and say, I'm done. And yes. in the morning when I get up, I actually power my phone off for a half an hour. I just turn the whole, I just power it down, set it down. It's not even yes. on. So Good I can't hear you. the things and I can't hear. Mm -hmm. And I've made that a daily practice yeah. so that I go and I sit and I have my coffee and I take some time to be mindful and just kind of be mm -hmm. present in the moment I'm in. And yeah. I think that that is, that helps rebuild that connection to your immediate surroundings. And those skills are vital. We need those skills and we are losing those skills. We are, we are. And, um, and, and it's, they're, they're so important to, to human connection, I think, and, and our mental health even. And, and I, I've started the practice too of, and, and I don't know, you know about you and I'm sure there's some women who can relate to this. Like if I have my phone near me, on me, on, I'm just, like, I don't want to say stressed per se, but I feel this compelling need where I must be quote unquote on, right? Like I have to be on and working or aware and making sure that I'm checking all the things and doing all the things. And it's almost like this active, um, this active working brain that doesn't shut off even if I'm not engaging in client conversation or planning or what have you, because to me that, that phone attachment is like work mode period, you know, and, yeah. um, and even on the weekends, like if it's near me, doesn't matter. I'm on. Right. And, and so I've gotten into the habit of actually like on Sundays or, or sometimes Saturday nights too, if I, I have date night with my husband or whatever, it drives him nuts. Like we don't even bring, you know, no phone at the table anymore. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, um, but but that said, I, if I want to relax, my phone can't be around me. I can't have mm -hmm. it. Um, and so on, on Sundays, there'll be a four hour block typically where I'm doing things, whether it's with friends or, um, you know, my husband or myself, sometimes that is glorious to just be by myself and not have anything to do, anyone to talk to other than like whatever zone I'm in. And, and when we go on vacation, we intentionally choose places where we don't get cell service. Um, so I love that. <laughs> now you know my secrets, um, but we that. don't have purpose because if I know I can, 
I am yeah. to some degree also addicted. I'll admit, like I am addicted to it. Um, and, and mostly that's work, right? Um, and so to know that I can't allows me to just like decompress yeah. and, and relax and, and be relieved of that. And, and I think that, you know, what I found too is even with some of my peers and friends, like we don't realize how much we're overdoing that sometimes because it's yep. just become such a part of normal. And then like, what is it doing to, to everything else? So not to, yep. that I meant to like totally digress there, but um, I just think it's an important point to make because we all do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We really do. And yeah. it's not, it, it is something that when you do, you know, I know for me, when I have when I'm constantly looking at social media or looking at my accounts or looking at what I need to, to work on, you also get into this, especially as a, as a business person, as, as somebody who's running a business, there's this constant need to, it's competition. You're constantly focused on needing to stay ahead of whatever is going on in, in your field and staying on top of it and making sure that you're the one that's doing the work. And, and I think that that can have that can be detrimental too. There is this need to compete all the time. And I've really taken the work that I do. I've really taken a step back and said, you know, I'm not going to compete with anybody else. And Good. if anything, I will be innovative and creative and find new ways to establish what I do. And hopefully that shines through, but I'm not going to do that because I see somebody else you know, doing this. And I, so I need to stay on top of that and I want to do it better. I'm showcasing yeah. who I am and the skills that I have to offer you. And if, if you like it, great. If you don't, then I have to just move on to the next and I have to figure out a new way of doing things or think outside the box, but I'm doing it for me. Mm -hmm. And I had a doctor who I, I had a, a zoom interview with recently because he's got a new clinical trial out. And we really wanted to showcase some of the work that he's doing. He is down at Harvard. He is very prominent. He's so good at what he does. And he said something to me. He said, you know, there are so many clinical trials that are going on and we're all trying to beat brain cancer. We're all trying to figure this out. Mm -hmm. He's like, and I, and he said, what makes this work, what makes the clinical trial that we're doing, what got us to where we are is the fact that I put blinders on. Our team said, we're not gonna look at the clinical trials anybody else is doing. We're just gonna focus on the one that we're putting together. Because if we do that, if we don't pay attention, then we won't be skewed by other people's results and what we see from other people and what they've got going on. If we start paying attention, then we're gonna compare our work to theirs. And there's no reason to do that. And that's what made him so successful in the work that they were doing. And I thought that that was brilliant. And I've kind of been utilizing that in my work that, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not going to compare myself mm -hmm. to others in my field. I'm just going to keep being my authentic self and doing the mm -hmm. best that I can. And hopefully it works out. <laughs> it is working out my friend. It is. <laughs> um, but, but that's so true. You know, it's, it's like, um, what number one, yes, it, 
that is, is part of your authenticity. But if we're spending so much time comparing ourselves to everybody else or looking at the competition, the only thing we're doing is robbing ourselves blind of focusing on our true purpose and yep. intention and goals and, and mission of our business and how we can innovate and grow um, in, in alignment with that mission. And so I think um, you know, what a, what a great way to relate that to business. Uh, because I, I agree, you know, I, I think too many people get hung up on everybody else before looking inward and saying, well, wait a minute, like, does that even matter? Does, right. does what they're, they're doing yeah. truly matter to me or not? And we go down these slippery slopes, um, you know, or like the, the rabbit hole, if you will. And, and it really is, it's robbing yourself of that precious time and energy where you can just focus focus on what it is you you're doing right yep um yeah. in so many different ways so um brilliant so thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh you know and, and is there anything shannon and, and before we wrap up that you want to make sure that you share with everybody listening or something that you want to make sure that that they know about um well there are a couple you know so we do Bright Life Media Marketing and Game on Glio, we do host a fundraiser every year and we are going to be kickstarting our third one this summer. It's called Trap Hagen's Trail Ride to Brain Cancer. Um, 100% of the proceeds are benefiting right now a clinical, a brain cancer clinical trial through Mimivax and Roswell Park here in Buffalo. So it is a cycling event that we hold at the very beginning of October, tail end of September, beginning of October. But we're, we, kind of start the fundraising over the summer. And so this year we're actually going to be hosting a virtual fundraiser where um, we're going to have some giveaways and some bigger items. We're partnering with South Towns, the South Towns Chamber of Commerce, and we're starting to develop that now. So I would love for everybody to, to kind of keep an eye out, uh, maybe follow me, get on the website, because we will be putting together Trap Hagen's Trail Ride this year. And I would love to have more people participate come out and cycle. You can walk the village. If you're not a cyclist, we have Chevetta's come out and cater every year. It's a lot of fun. Um, the virtual fundraiser, we're going to be doing a happy hour at the end of it to announce uh, what people want. And, and we're still picking the location, but we have a couple of fun places in mind. <laughs> so I would love for more people to participate. All Great. of the proceeds go to this clinical trial. Um, and then the other thing that I would that I just want everybody to realize and understand is that it's okay to be afraid of being an entrepreneur. It's okay to have that fear. That fear is what keeps you going in, to some, right. to some degree, but don't let that fear stop you. The, this life is so short that if we're not having an impact, if we're not doing the thing that we love the most, then what's the point? Mm -hmm. And when it's something that drives you to want to make a difference, or if it's something you know you're really good at, you need to take a chance and go for it. And you're going to stumble because that is part of life. That's what this is all about. But you live life every single day. Every day you get a chance to start over again and to live life. You only die once. Sure. So while you're here, live, live life, live that every single day and take an opportunity every single day to reset, redo, because you're afforded that opportunity 
You get as many times as you need while you're here on this earth. You only die one time, but you live every single day. And so if it's something, if there is something that's brewing in the back of your mind, or if you are an entrepreneur and you really, you're scared of failing, well, everybody, we are all scared of failing and that's okay. Just get up every day and keep going and just find some new ways to work through some of the problems that you might have and bring those people around you that can help you because that's empowering. Yeah, that could not have been truer. And in that message in itself is such a beautiful gift for everybody listening, you know, living, listening, Um, but, but living, right. We, we are living, we get to live this one beautiful, incredible life. You get one. Um, And every day is so, so special. And, and it's, it's so true, Shannon, like make it count. So thank you for sharing that message. I think everyone who is listening should probably put that on repeat a few times (laughs) and really internalize the true meaning behind that, because it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to take for granted. So, um, You are a true powerhouse, Shannon. So thank you again so much for your time. And for everyone listening, we will have all of Shannon's links in the show notes, how to connect with her, information on her fundraiser. So that way you can all um, collaborate and help her cause. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was so great to be here. And I'm truly appreciative of all the work that you do to help everybody that's out there be the best they can be in their own businesses. Thank you so much. And until next time, powerhouses, continue to be courageous. Thanks so much for listening to Becoming Powerhouse. You can find all of the links to our site and resources in the show notes. Let's connect on Instagram at powherhousemoney. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at powerhousemoney.com. Remember, I want to connect with you. I want to hear your thoughts and help you with all the challenges you're having. So engage, send me a DM. And of course, if you're loving this podcast, let us know and go ahead and hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Thank you.